0: 2023, we finally made it. Welcome back to TK's A Brigade. I am TK. I have a special episode today. Well, it's not so special, because they're all special. I guess I'm special. But we're going to jump on with Matt Baird today from the band Spoken. Spoken is an alternative rock band that has uh, grown some very long legs over the years. And I was able to catch Matt while he's on tour. And so I gave him a call and we sat down on the phone and talked about his musical journey. So stay tuned for that here on TK's A-Brigade. So it is about that time. I reached out to Matt Baird. He is currently on an acoustic tour out in Montana. And uh, so I gave him a call. Why don't you say something, Matt? Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening. So I'll be honest, bro. I... um. I didn't know who Spoken was as a band um, until I saw you play worship at Reach Church uh, last year when you came out and uh, you did the the set.
1: Yep. Yep. I remember it well. I love Reach Church. I love being there.
0: Yeah, man. It's a great church, man. Great body. And, you know, I follow a lot of the Christian artists, uh, a lot of bands, you know, whether it's Christian or the secular mainstream and, and, uh. I hear that you're coming to play last year and Nick, the sound guy, he's like, oh man, I, this is one of my all-time favorite bands. These guys rock. And I'm like, okay. And I didn't have a chance to really like find out anything about your music or who you were. And and then, you know, you got up and you did your set and, and my wife was like, what do you think? And I was like, "He he reminds me of somebody that leads like a heavy rock band. And she was like, he is honey. And I was like, Oh really? I thought he was like a folk style singer. <laughs> and so, uh, and so, um, you know, I got to talk to you for a little bit that day and I found out you you live in Des Moines, Iowa, which I hail from Cedar Rapids. So I know that area well. And, yep. uh, but, uh, you know, I went I went home that day and I pulled up, you know, your repertoire and I would say that out of all of your spoken songs that Falling Apart is my favorite one. I mean, every record has awesome songs, but Falling Apart, uh it it pumps me up. Like I, every time I hear it, bro, and I it just the melody and just the way you approach the mic, bro. It, my daughter, uh, she's four years old. She uh, every time I play it, she'll tell me to play it like three times in a row, and she just sits That's in her awesome. seat and she just rocks out, and so. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I wanted to kind of just get, uh, you know, from the horse's mouth, uh, kind of your journey and, and how you started in music and, you know, how Spoken kind of went where they went and where you're at now. So if that, if that would work, man. Thank you. Yeah, for
1: sure. I mean, you know, I mean, I quit singing when I was 12 because my, my brother, uh, he found a cassette tape that I had recorded myself singing Michael Jackson songs on, acapella. Love it. And so he came walking in and was like, look what I found. And I had a, a friend from school over, and uh, I was so embarrassed. I was, I ran out of the house. I was super upset. I was, like, crying. He came out and was like, what? Well, sounds cool. It sounds cool. It's not bad. I'm like, right. I quit. I quit singing forever. I'm <laughs> like done. <in> a, <laughs> You know, fast forward. uh, That was, you know, that's when I was twelve. So fourteen is when I started going to church. And then they uh, they decided they're going to do a youth choir at church. I'm like, wait, what? Why? Like, that's like an hour every Wednesday night. We could be skateboarding in the parking lot. I don't, I don't want to do this. Right. Anyway, ended up having to do that. I had to sing like a solo line, and what in like a Christmas cantata thing, and it was. Anyway, I did that, it went okay, and so shortly after that, we started like a youth group band uh, where we would play youth lock-ins at our church, so we basically played two songs over and over and over again to a strobe light. we just have a strobe light going, just playing over and over, it was really not good. Um, <laughs> and over the course of time, we kind of just tried to write songs here and there, and, and we started playing stuff at different people's houses, different churches around Northwest Arkansas. Um, but then I actually, I, I stopped doing music again. I I moved out of state. Um, I moved to Memphis, Tennessee, where I was going to, for whatever reason, I thought I was going to go to college there and go into nursing. And I don't, I just like, I can help people. But then I realized how much math I needed. I'm like, wow, this is not going to work. Um, I got sick with my first kidney stone. Uh, I thought I was dying. And so I moved back home. And literally, I mean, two months later,
0: uh, we started the band Spoken. Wow, how old were you at this point? At that point, I was uh, I was nineteen. Okay, so you were okay. So you're old enough to be on your own, and uh, you you decided that music was the career. Because it, it's funny you make the the comment about math. Because brother, I hate math with every part of me. Uh, it yeah. uh it it is it was the bane of my existence in in college too where i had to take multiple classes to get through it so uh i feel yeah. you, man. <laughs> all right so 19 years yeah. old and you're living in yep. you said you were living in memphis right
1: i was in memphis and uh you know i got sick thought i was not gonna make it because right, kidney okay. stones are no joke they're no fun you no know fun. and uh So I moved back home and, you know, I was working for my uncle doing stonemasonry and landscaping. I I liked it because I was able to be around my dad, my brother, two of my uncles, Um, you know, and and you like the finished product that you're you're the thing that you're building. But it's 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 hard work. It's really difficult. All of my family in Northwest Arkansas is still into You know, doing stonemasonry, landscaping, concrete, all this really, really hard job, hard stuff. Um, But I was just I I was doing that and I was starting to take some community college classes in Northwest Arkansas. And I was not doing well at it. I really wasn't. I was just wasting my money. But that's what everyone else was doing. They went to college. They were starting careers. And I, I spent a lot of time just you know, asking God and like, God, what am, what am I supposed to do with my life? What am I supposed to do with my life? And I, I realized after a while that I kept saying my life. Um, and then one day I was like, God, what can I do for you with my whole life? And we the, literally, the band started. Like, we just, we just started talking about it and like, we want to do this for real. And, um, you know, we, we started a band.
0: Wow. Now, did you, uh, have you ever played an instrument? Well, I, I, okay, let me rephrase this statement. Because Wh- you did play acoustic guitar during the worship. So when did you pick up uh, an instrument or like, did you start off with vocals? Like, how did that transpire?
1: Um, well, when I was 12, I got a skateboard and a guitar, so uh, it, I was kind of torn, but um, I didn't like the way the guitar made my fingers feel, so yeah. I, I I quit as soon as I started kind of tinkering around with it. My dad showed me the chords to the song House of the Rising Sun. Oh, I thought yeah. it sounded amazing. Yep. Um, but I also didn't like pushing down on the strings. So I chose to uh, let a skateboard crack me across the kneecaps and the shin bones uh, instead. And so that's what I did. I skated. And then, um, you know, I'd mess around with it once we started, you know, kind of playing in that youth group band that we, we didn't, didn't know what we were doing. But we all kind of started learning instruments at the same time. Um, but it, it just... I didn't start playing much guitar until I started doing acoustic tours. Really, I, I didn't take it seriously. I would I would help with, you know, a guitar riff here and there while we were writing songs, but I'm not I'm not a guitar player. I leave it up to the people who are actually really good at it.
0: <laughs> I agree with you, man. I I'm the same way. Like I started trying to play guitar around ten years old, uh, and you know everybody plays with their right hand as their strum hand, but I'm dominantly left-handed. And one day, gotcha. about 20, I want to say 23 years ago, uh, my my uncle, who's also a big influence in my life musically and, and just in life, uh, I was at his house one day, and he had this classical guitar. And, he, you know, anyone that knows guitar knows that the classical has those nylon strings, so they're not as uh, difficult on the fingers. Yep, and, yep. uh I'm sitting there, we're watching a movie, and I'm trying to, to you know, play some chord progressions, and he's, he, he gets frustrated, and he finally grabs it away from me and flips it over. And he's like, just play it with your left hand. And I was like, but that's not the way people play it. And he's like, who cares? Jimi Hendrix does it. Paul McCartney does yeah. it. I said, I don't yeah. want to be those guys. He's like, who cares? Just try it this way. Literally within a week, I was able to play the, the just the major chords. And I'm not a guitarist either, but yeah. it, it made sense to me. So I feel you when you say, like, not being a guitarist, but, you know, knowing yeah. how to play chords and stuff. So uh, what I wanted to know, too, was, um, you know, in your younger years and you said that you started getting to church about your young teens, uh, what bands or what artists really influenced you to, to uh, pursue music? Um, you know, in,
1: in the beginning... Um, it was, it was Metallica. It was Slayer. It was Testament. It was all of these, these bands that, you know, Def Leppard, Skid Row, Poison, all of these, you know, kind of eighties, eighties bands that it's like kind of what my, my, what my brother was listening to what, you know, um, just kind of what was playing at the bowling alley, you know, stuff like that. Yep, yep, And, um, you know, again, when I started going to church at 14, a guy named Mark Anderson, uh, he gave me this box that it was like a cassette tape holder, and it had Stephen Curtis Chapman. It had Petra, White Cross, White Heart, Blood Good, all of these bands. It had Michael W. Smith. I'm like, what is this? What is And this? so immediately, you know, Petra became one of my favorite bands ever. I, oh. I still like i'll still listen to petro while driving I'll still listen to skid row i'll listen to some metallica I'll, yeah. i just i love music and it kind of depends on what mood i'm in as far as like what i'm what i'm going to listen to but i, I also I, I like country music i like pop you know i love worship music
0: yeah yeah I, it's funny that you say petra because you know i grew up in the midwest in the 80s and there was a band called feral and feral and they were on vinyl and they were the first style of, like, like I want I don't want to say rock and roll music, but it was like, it, you know, it had that up-tempo beat, and it, it had that, you know, a little bit of a edgier feel, but it was on vinyl, so, you know, I had to always be buying new needles for the uh, record player. But then Petra yeah. comes out, like, Ray Bolts was around in the 70s, and then John Chalette took over for Petra. And uh, beyond belief, that record, I think I probably bought it three times because I wore out the tape so bad that I I just. So good. uh, Oh, man. And when you say, you know, uh, you you went through a list of the secular and and the Christian artists, you know, Guns N' Roses were a huge deal like in that time. And then Metallica was coming up with Injustice for All and Ride the Lightning and, you know, those heavier styles of bands. And it was funny that you say, like, I think you said Testament. And then there was a band, um, uh, what was it? it? uh, what was the, there was a christian artist band that was during that time and it was that similar it was like a slayer style but it was a christian style artist i'll have to look them up but
1: uh, well, well the first the first cassette tape i ever purchased once i found out about christian music was living sacrifice and habit that's the first cassette tape i ever bought i bought it at uh, a place called Noah's Ark in the Northwest Arkansas mall i'm like this <laughs> sounds so much like slayer this is
0: amazing nice it nice. truly It truly did change my whole world. That's awesome. So do you remember the first, like, so you said you got saved when you were 14, and and obviously music was a part of you, like, ever ever since a young age. So do you remember your first rock, like, concert that was a Christian-based concert?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, Actually, I was talking about it last night. Um, We, I was on this youth trip to Memphis, Tennessee, actually, which is weird, but, um, uh, Cause that was that youth trip was years before I decided to move there, you know. But right. um, we were standing outside this church, um, and we saw these guys loading in gear. They're loading in guitar cabs. They're loading in drums, and uh, we're like, what, "What's going on?" It's like, "Well, there's a couple bands playing tonight, uh, a couple Christian hardcore bands," and um, so we decided to stick around. And it was at a music venue called Seven Hundred Four B, and the bands that night were focused and unashamed. Unashamed uh, God, they, I love it. they they were so good and I, we're just blown away. We're like, what in the world? Like I didn't know didn't know that existed. Yeah. And um wow, they they were so good. They were amazing. It was a great night and I quickly became fans of, of Focus and Unashamed. And then Dirk, the bass player for Focus, ended up being in the band Stavesacre after that. And so I was like I love Stavesacre. I, I love, there's just so many, so many bands that came out of, you know, the whole with Tooth and Nail, um, just introducing all these bands to the world. It was just amazing.
0: Right. Oh, man, you say Tooth and Nail, bro, and that just brings up so many different artists. Like, <laughs> I think TFK and uh, I think Disciples on Tooth & Nail. I'm not 100% sure, but uh, that record label, man, it really stepped up in the Christian realm of of hardcore, heavy styles of music and, and found some really talented guys that really wanted to serve Jesus in that regard. Uh, I'm with you, man. I'm totally with you. All right, so here we are, uh, uh, you know, back to, you know, right around 19, 20 years old. Uh, you've got some buddies, you guys said, Hey, let's start this band. We want to start playing out. What, what's, uh, what was the turning point in the beginning that told you in your, in your heart that this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Like what happened that just really gave you that, that kind of go ahead. Well,
1: I mean, I think when it's, you know, you're asking Jesus, like really what are you supposed to be doing? And when you just, it, the closest thing to an audible voice, like, I want you to start a rock band and tell people that I have a plan for their life and that I love them. Because that's what I was told, you know, at a potluck dinner when I was 14 at a Baptist church in Lowell, Arkansas. Hey, uh, it's so great to have you here. It's, well, you're the kid that's always skateboarding in the parking lot. Uh, I want you to know that Jesus loves you and has a plan for your life. I'm like, all right. All right. You know, it's just literally, it's that. And then you, you start trying to figure out how to... Uh, write songs, you start figuring out what it's like to perform, what it's like to drive all day long and then, you know, play a show and then drive all night long, you know, all of it. I, I love, um, I love everything about it. Um, I, I I've, spent, you know, close to 26 years of my life on the road. Wow. And so you just, I just enjoy it. I love, right. I love what I get to do. I love scenery. I love God's creation. Um, I get a huge kick out of people. I think people are hilarious. Um, Doesn't mean there are some that are really, really difficult. But (laughs) True that. um, I feel like music is such a great tool to open doors and to have conversations. And uh, there's nothing that I... I, When it comes to like whether you call it a job or an extension of my ministry or whatever it is, I want to play music. And I know that I might not be able to do it forever, but I want to do it as long as I can because I see... I see what it does. I see that it's effective and I enjoy it. I
0: really do. Wow. Uh, Brother, I I champion that and I agree with you wholeheartedly because, you know, they say that music is the window to your soul. Like there's certain people have said that. But what's interesting about music is, you know, when you read about King David and playing the harp, and, you know, he would sit for hours and play the harp. And I would love if I could have a, you know, um, a time machine and go back in time to that era and sit with King David when he was a boy, and and just pick his brain about music and why it was so important. Because you know, it's funny when you say that you you it's not just the music because when you get on the bus or you get in the van or you get in the car and you drive across country and you know you might play 10 shows in 20 days and you're you're meeting different people different you know venues and all those things will just you know it it plays a role into your memories of what you're doing and i agree with you man it's uh it's one of those things that you have to be built for it You can't be the type of person that kind of just gives it like the half go. You have to be all in. And so, all right, so here we are, you know, you guys are really starting to gain some, some notoriety. And um, were you signed right away or did you guys play unsigned and, and just kind of, you know, putting shows together? And did you have a manager? Like what, what happened?
1: Um, We started, you know, playing people's, Backyards, or in their garages, or we—if there was a party going on that someone from school was doing, uh, we were there playing. Um, we again, we, we were trying to play at our church as much as possible. We were playing like Spring Fest at Rogers High School, like a big festival they did, you know, towards the end of the year. Uh, different churches around um, started playing, you know, within a couple hours uh, away from Northwest Arkansas. We were playing some of the bars. And we started recording a bunch of songs. We would drive uh, to Neosho, Missouri to record songs that we had been writing, you know, in the couple weeks before that or three weeks. And uh, we just started sending out stuff to different record labels at that point, like Tooth and Nail, Rescue Records, Five Minute Walk. Like they're just, you know, some of the labels that just they just either they weren't labels yet or now they're gone or whatever it is. But um I remember calling and, and uh, talking to someone in the tooth and nail mailroom room because uh, it had been it had been a while since we had sent out a press kit because that's when you'd send like an actual envelope with a photo and, and a cassette tape and like all this oh, yeah. stuff, oh, yeah. kind of a bio about who you were. And um, somebody answered the phones like uh, Tooth and nail Records. I'm like, hey there, uh, my name is Matt. I'm, I'm in a band called Spoken. We sent in a press kit you know like two months ago. I was just curious if you guys had a chance to to check it out. And the guy said, "If we like it, we'll call you." And hung up. That was it. I'm like, "Wow, oh, cool. That okay. was weird." Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so I just, you know, started calling some of the other labels to kind of see. And um, I talked to a guy in San Diego, California, at Rescue Records, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, we we got a hold of it. Like, I like what you're doing? That's really cool." Um, the thing is, like, right now we're we're actually we're in the process of launching. Uh, my son is in a band. Uh, he plays drums in a band. We're we're actually in the process of launching their record and it's kind of a similar sound. Um, but you know what, uh, you know, I, I do know of a label up the coast in Newport beach, called Metro One Records. They're looking to sign some rock bands. How about I just forward your stuff to them? I'm like, that is amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. And uh, anyway, it was uh, the guy that I was talking to at Rescue Records. Uh, it's Wolf from P.O.D.'s dad. Oh, so they wow. were launching wow. the P.O.D. record, Punk. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's awesome.
1: And I'm like, what? That's another record that we went straight to Noah's Ark in Northwest Arkansas Mall and bought. And we're like, this is crazy. I talked to this guy's dad. Yeah. <laughs> you yep. know, and so, <laughs> yep. Nice. Um, so we recorded, uh, a record, uh, for Metro One Records and took off trying to play shows across the country. One of the first things that we played was Sunshine Festival in Wilmer, Minnesota. Oh, and yeah. there were people up there that, I, I remember that we, we drove up there, it was a long drive and we got there at the end of the first night. So main stage had kind of started to wrap up and. We didn't know where we were going so we just pulled directly in behind main stage like exactly where we shouldn't be right and one of the first people we met was a guy named bob poe who ran youth for christ up there and he's heavily involved in the festival and he's like so where are you guys from like uh, northwest arkansas he's like oh great it's great to have you here uh so you guys are playing tomorrow you guys have a place to stay We're like no he's like well we've got this like utility trailer right here you guys are more than welcome to sleep in here and we're like no way (laughs) <laughs> this is crazy. Right? And we did, we slept in that utility trailer. Um, and we just, we're on cloud nine. Like we thought we, we were like, it could, it cannot not get better than this. And so, uh, the next day we played, um, the stage there, uh, stage two at sunshine festival. And that was, and that had to be 1997, you know, wow. late 97, summer, 97, and that's kind of where we were just told to, to gain a fan base, you have to tour. So get with it. And so that's what we did. And we just kind of kept playing shows. We did three records on Metro One Records. Um, and then we were we were independent for a while. We just kind of kept touring. And um, I remember having a conversation with the guy who actually did our first real show ever, a guy named Chad Johnson. He was working A&R at Tooth & Nail. Um and he was going to John Brown University in Salem Springs, Arkansas. And he did our first actual promoted spoken show. Wow. I'm like, what? Anyway, That's three dope. years later, he's working at Tooth and Nil. And um, he's like, yeah, man, we- let's talk about it. And we signed and we did three records on Tooth and Nil and he kept touring nonstop. Then we did a record, you know, uh, on E1. After that, and just we just kind of kept kept doing stuff. Did a record on Artery. Did a record on Fuel. Um, just trying to stay busy, and it's been really cool. I can't believe I get to play music, and we're gonna track album number ten. Wow.
0: So we're talking, like, almost, I mean, 25 years. 25 years, like, from that first gig in 97. But you guys were gigging, obviously, before that. But, all right, so, oh, man, I'm just, I'm thinking back, man. Like, 97, that was, um, like, the grunge era was huge in the world. And, and, you know, you guys are, you guys were just starting to really, like, gain some some ground, grow some legs. Uh, Do you remember the biggest show that you've ever played?
1: Um... I would say the biggest show we ever played was back this summer. We played Incarceration in Mansfield, Ohio. Um, it was incredible how it all kind of came about. Got contacted um by the festival, because we had heard about it for a long time, but that's that's way, way out of our league as far as like them calling us up and like, hey, you want to play this? Right. Um, but I got an email from someone that said, Hey, uh, we were talking to Brian from Corn, and he said we should contact you about playing. Are you guys available on, you know, July fifteenth? I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I'm like, yes, whatever's we'll, happening, we'll yes. be there.
0: Yes, no question, we will
1: be there. And
0: I don't, I don't know how all that came
1: about, other than yes, it's a miracle of Jesus. But like Brian you know, was talking about us to someone and, and they're like, okay, we'll contact them and they did and that was it. But I mean, it was, it was a really cool opportunity and that came, what, 26 years into our career. Wow. You know, but I mean, we, we, you know, we toured with Volbeat back before our Illusion record came out and and on that tour, I mean, their average crowd was either 2,500 up to 6,000 people every night. Sure. I mean, it's way different now. Those, Volbeat is such a big band, you know. Um, but we've we've done different shows, different different festivals, different things over the years. That they're really cool. It's really cool opportunities, and being able to being able to play for anyone's uh, a bigger band's fans is really cool. Because then at least these people who have no clue who you are have an opportunity to decide if they like you or not.
0: Right, right. Without That's having it. to commit to like buying a record or paying necessarily for yep. just a ticket to see you guys. Um, yep. Yeah, I, yep. I I feel you, man. Uh, have you ever done or has the band ever done anything in prison as far as like ministry or played like to inmates?
1: yeah, i've I've been to uh, a couple different prisons over the past probably five years. Um, there's a prison in Iowa that I've been to several times. Uh, there's a prison in Somerset, Pennsylvania that I've been to. Uh, and it's just by knowing people that work there. And they're like, hey, would you be interested in coming here and doing this? I'm like, yes, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. And yeah. so I'm hoping that a lot of that opens up a little more coming up. COVID really put a damper on all that. They weren't letting anybody in anywhere. Yes. And so.
0: That's very uh, true. It's time. It's yes. time.
1: It's time to keep doing it. I yeah, I, love, I love playing any kind of. Any kind of anything. I don't care if someone's living room, someone's backyard, a prison, a Celebrate Recovery event, a Teen Challenge event, a church, a bar, a coffee shop. It doesn't matter. I just I want to play.
0: I'm with you, bro. And I, I love that passion because, you know, I've worked with enough musicians over the years. Uh, where, you know, some of them are, you know, the egos get in the way and it, it doesn't allow God to work, you know, through them in an, in an environment where they're actually able to sit and just share their heart, uh, whether it's, you know, talking or whether it's through music. So it's it's really refreshing to actually have an artist like you who, you know, is willing to say, hey, you know what? I'll, I'll be there. I can do that. You know, and, and God just moves in that time. I, I think you told the story... Uh, when you came out, uh, to reach, you told a story about playing a biker bar or not a biker bar it was a, like a biker, um, like a rally. I think it was in Arizona. Does that ring a bell?
1: Um, I played. Uh, I, I played my first Harley Davidson rally in Durango,
0: Colorado. Oh, I was at Durango. It, yeah. Okay. And I think. and yeah. don't. I'm not. Don't quote me on this. But I think you were saying how, uh, at first, people were kind of like looking at you like sideways. But then, as you got into your set, like people really started to respond to you in a really good way. I'm, am, am I? Is that what happened? I I don't remember if I know. Well, the story. I think
1: I think it's anytime any anywhere if if they have no clue who you are and it's kind of like they're like who's this guy? Okay. You know whether that be your band or yourself or it's like you walk some random person walking into the front of a crowd and they're like hey guys what's going on thanks for being here everyone's like who is this right who's this person right and you know the 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 funny part about that conversation about the the Harley Davidson rally is like. One, I get up there on the on this flatbed trailer, and on the first song, it starts downpouring. Oh, like, it's wow. just crazy. So everyone's already kind of frazzled and trying to stay dry and all this stuff. But about midway through my set, I was thinking about how earlier in July... I had taken off up a mountain in Flagstaff, Arizona with no water and didn't realize this was like a 14,000 foot high mountain. And I was like, man, it was crazy. Anyway, in Durango, Colorado, you're surrounded by mountains, right? It's beautiful. It's awesome. It's so difficult to get there. It takes forever. And, you know, there's, you know, 200 you know, bikers in a Harley-Davidson parking lot where there's hundreds of motorcycles everywhere. Like, obviously, you know where you're at, right? You're at a Harley-Davidson rally. And I wanted to tell that story. So I was like, hey, are any of you guys hikers? You know, and like, they just stared at me. And some guy's like... We don't dress like this for nothing. Right. I'm that like, was what
0: it was. You said that they were not. Yes. Not I remember that was a Bikers. Story.
1: Yeah, right. Like <laughs> hikers. Do you guys? Yeah, that's what it was.
0: Yes. And I remember the, that. Man. Yeah.
1: But yeah, they were already looking at me sideways. But then I said that and they're like, we don't dress like this for nothing. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not. Come on. come on. It was really funny, but super annoying. Like, sure. I'm like, are you serious? Come and on. Any of you now. guys, bikers?
0: Right like uh, it's obvious right but yeah I mean that's what the story yep. now yes now that you refresh my memory because I I really I, for the overall for the story the way uh the way that uh you know you delivered it during worship that time was it was just awesome like and I love that because and the reason I asked that about that was because I remember the first time that I went into prison because uh, I did ministry and I still do it but I did ministry for 12 years uh, here in Colorado uh, in prison and the first time ever going in I'm sitting in a, a Room with like 60 guys and this is a level three out of a level five prison which means that these guys are there for a couple of life sentences like there's nobody in this room that's doing less than 25 years and here yeah. I am and I'm standing in front of these guys and I'm trying to, you know, put on this facade, uh, and, and I'm a big dude, but trying to put on this facade about, uh, you know, like trying to be tough. Cause I'll be honest, you know, I'm standing in a group of, um, you know, guys that are convicted of various heinous crimes. And, you know, yeah. here I am. And I remember standing there and, you know, they, they gave me this sideways look, uh, when I first walked to the podium. And I remember bowing my head and I just said, all right, God, uh, this is your show. This this is um, I'm not here to, uh, you know, promote myself or try to impress these guys. So I asked that you know you 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 talk through me, and I remember just picking my head up and just going with it. And you yeah. know, a half hour later, I had these guys coming up to me, you know, and just you know. Just you know, saying hey, man, you know, nice to meet you, and look forward to seeing you come back. And so it's it's cool when you get into an environment, especially uh, when you don't really know anybody there, and they don't really know you. And you know, you just kind of got to break the ice and and push forward. But I mean, that's cool, man. That's uh, yeah, it's a great story. Yeah,
1: I just it's it's any opportunity is amazing. Like it's really cool that anybody cares for you to be there. So it's like, okay, how to make the best out of this and i don't know i mean obviously you learn a lot over the years of like what not to do what not to say how don't act this way and, and a lot of times it's because of your own your own mistakes of, of being able to be like wow that didn't work or i shouldn't have done that or maybe i shouldn't have said that that you know and you you go back and forth but also there are times when you you meet someone or you watch someone in a band or someone you're like wow I never want to be that annoying ever, <laughs> you know? And so yep. you learn by what other people do. And so I, it's it never stop learning, never stop watching, never stop trying to grow when it comes to, you know, how to communicate or songwriting or how to perform or whatever. Like, don't ever think that you've got it all figured out because there's no way you do. Right. That's, that's the agree. whole thing. Like, and every person who's in a band, don't don't think you deserve anything. Like you're lucky to be able to play music the same way. When you wake up each day, you're lucky to breathe. Yep. So I just, I know at some point God's going to be done with it. And he's going to be like, Hey, do this for me. And, and I, I want to do that. I want to do it, you know, wholeheartedly all in.
0: So whatever that is. That's fantastic, man. I, I love to hear that because again, like I said, you know, I think uh, out of all the professions in the world that I've personally experienced and dealt with, I think, you know, musicians tend to be the most uh, egotistic and and it's it's typically about them and what they get. It's refreshing to hear an artist say, hey, God, you know, use me. What what can I, how can I be here to, to be a conduit? And people see that, the genuineness of it. So it, it makes it yeah. for uh, an even better story. So. Okay, so we're past COVID, man. And you guys, uh, are you signed now to a label? Or what's the deal with that? Because I know you had said something back in the the summer that you guys were looking to sign. uh, And and then, you you know, you had just said that you guys are getting ready to uh, track for a new record. So what's the the plans for Spoken in 23?
1: Well, you know, track the record. Uh, In December, we're talking to someone about... Um, doing a distribution deal, which is what we did last record, and it went really well. Um, we're just trying to put together a team around us right now. Which every band says that, but we're doing it. We're the ones that are handpicking these people of who's going to help us uh, take the next step and whatever that is, and to help us facilitate what we're doing.
0: That's that's awesome, man. And, and you know what? When you got God pushing you that direction, then it, it's. Uh... And who can stop right who can stop you I love that that's amazing yep. man so you're uh, so last question you, you uh, you're currently on an acoustic tour right you're touring around the country playing acoustic shows um, yep how how is uh, how is that going for you like are you enjoying that or are you ready to do full band um, you know performances what's uh, what's your thoughts on that
1: well I mean I, I love I love traveling as a solo acoustic artist I love doing that I love everything that that entails. Right now, we're on a spoken acoustic tour, so it's j. r. and myself sitting on a couple stools with a couple of acoustic guitars and playing songs like and telling stories and taking questions, you know, from stage. and I love it. I think yes. it's great. I also love watching j. r. squirm a bit when he gets <laughs> asked a direct question. Um, uh, I, and he's doing a great job. He's communicating well, you know, he really is, because um, I know he would rather just you know walk on stage play walk away not deal with human beings he's quite introverted uh, but he, he's really doing a good job and I love watching him getting ripped out of his comfort zone that's awesome um, so I love the I love the spoken acoustic tours I love solo acoustic I love doing guest worship at churches um, you know uh, but also yeah I love touring spoken full band and we're, we're working on a tour right now um, for January that will be uh, just under two weeks long. <clears throat> and trying to get it figured out. Actually, I'm trying to find a place to play in the Denver area on that tour. So oh. uh, if you know someone, then we can get something figured out.
0: Well, uh, you know what? I, We, Kevin and I, Pastor Kevin from Reach, you know, him and I, when we talk about music, uh, we always discuss the idea and the possibility of bringing artists in, just because, I mean, I, yeah, I'm with you. Live shows, there's nothing like a live show. So yep. if you guys Love are it. looking for a, a gig or I mean a tour date uh, here in Denver in January, uh, that's I will definitely be reaching out to Kevin and letting him know that that's something that you guys are hoping to do because yep. I, I I've yet to see you guys. I don't think I've seen you live. Have you guys? Did you guys ever play Heaven Fest here in Colorado? Yeah, did you, you did. Yep. See, yep. And I wonder if maybe I saw you guys at Heaven Fest because I was working all those years um, doing security yeah. for those events. So, uh, you know, a band would play and I'd, you know, drive by in the golf cart for five minutes and then I didn't really get a chance. Do you remember where uh, the venue that you like, which venue you guys played when you guys played the, what year it was?
1: Yeah, the last time was at the racetrack over by Red Okay,
0: Rocks. So that was in Morrison. OK, so, yeah, that was I think that was the last year. So, yeah. Wow. OK, that's. Um, yeah. That was, yeah, that was a back... Okay, so where can people go if they want to uh, find out more about Matt Baird and and find out more about Spoken? What's the easiest way to do that?
1: Just either go to SpokenMusic.com or, you know, message us on our Spoken Facebook. Just, Just message us. Let us see about answering your question. Let us... We just we don't want to be unapproachable, you know. Sure. I'm, not, I'm not saying that we sit there every day looking at every message that comes in, but sure. you know, every few days for sure.
0: Absolutely. All right. So, if someone wanted to book you, um, that you know, listens to the show, uh, is that the same avenue? They just reach out uh, on your page and reach out on the website and just leave a comment or question there. And... <laughs>
1: yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I want to book you in my town. Cool. We'll awesome. message them. Okay. We'll, we'll get it figured out.
0: Well, and the reason—the only reason I ask is because, you know, some artists, you know, they have like four layers of people that you have to go through to kind of get things put together. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to just make it simple, so... Well, brother, yeah, I, I am truly honored that you came on the show today and and, uh, and shared your heart with me. And I'll be honest, man, I am still um, I'm still trying to put together uh, uh, a backyard show for next summer. So uh, I would I'm love right. to do an, a spoken acoustic show here. In my, I have a big backyard and I would still love to make that happen. So maybe here um, in the new year, like early in the new year, we can try and uh, schedule a date to, to get you to come to Denver and, and play a backyard show. What do you think about that? Love it. All love right. It well sweet brother uh, you've been listening to tk's a brigade i am tk with my special guest matt baird from spoken uh, you can find uh, all the information that you need to know want to know on spoken just go and, and google it and uh like he said they love to get uh, feedback from fans and people that want to know more and uh, they're not shy to uh to chat you up so reach out and say something And uh, check them out Uh, Check out this new record coming out Hopefully uh, in the new year Uh, I am going to be definitely going out and buying it I have a a record store that I like to go Purchase records So I will be on the lookout for that new record, Matt
1: Awesome, thank you
0: so much I really appreciate it That was awesome. Matt is an amazing artist. His band Spoken has been around for a long time. So anyone that's never heard of Spoken, go Google them, check them out. Hopefully they're going to be coming through Colorado in the new year. So that should be exciting. Praying for Matt and the band Spoken as they continue their journey down the road of music and where God's taking them. So. Next week, we're going to jump on with my man, Nate Brown. Nate is a drummer, and he's been around for a few decades. When I met Nate, he was on a tour with the band called George's August Brew, and this was back in 2000. Amazing musician, a sweet guy. So I'm going to jump on with him next week. You've been listening to TK's A-Brigade. Until next time, take it easy.